Fallen! You gotta stop looking back. When you get looking back, is a stiff neck. Listen, there's only one flavor to a margarita, and it ain't strawberry. You know, find social groups, hang out with like-minded people. We're gonna talk about whatever the fuck we wanna talk about. How's that? Have you ever had a corned beef taco with mustard? All right, all right. Everybody take a knee, drink some water. I know you all want to get the fuck out of here, so let's get this show started. Well, well, well. We made it through 20 episodes of Fallen 360, the podcast. And now we're here at 21. I don't know how we're going to top number 20. There was a lot of shit going on. The after party was crazy. Rowdy Rowd Henkel, once again, thank you for your service, sir. I'm sure we'll be seeing that guy again. Abe partied so hard that he could not be on today's podcast. Actually, he is. He's got your sergeant's time for today, and it's going to be a great one. Situational awareness. So I think something we can all work on. Um, But since we have been having a little bit of fun on this show, uh, especially on number 20, we had tons of fun and talked about, I don't even remember what we covered, but I know we we covered a lot of uh, fun and silly stuff. So today, we figured we would bring you uh, an episode that could actually help you out. We want to talk about finances, uh, particularly uh, veteran-owned businesses, uh, and what are some of those things that you can do to help yourself. Um, And since uh, Abe's going to be talking about situational awareness, I think it just kind of fits right in with the uh, the whole piece, because... When you own your own business, you're not depending on a a paycheck from somebody else. You are your own boss. You are the person who's in charge of your marketing. You're in charge of uh, the, you know, the operation side. You're in charge of of the whole thing, you know, not just a piece of the pie. You're, You're making the whole pie. And so, you know, you fail or you win on your own. So being aware of your surroundings, uh, knowing, you know, uh, how to invest, uh, the marketing and and all those aspects, you know, that's something that um, you really, really need to get good at. You know, you can't just be good at one thing. If you're owning a business, you have to really be aware of all those things or hire the right people. Right. But at the same time, now you're spending money on, on other folks. So if you're starting off and you don't have that option to hire experts, then you should really get to know uh, the business that you're in, how to make that money, the marketing, operations, the, the whole shebang. So today we have um, a great, um, I don't know if I want to call it presentation, I had a phone call with Travis Johnson from Warriors Wallet. Uh, he does a lot of great stuff for veterans. He's actually, uh, he's actually still in the service. He's in the Navy, and he is uh, helping out veterans and, and anybody else that's out there that, that needs uh, financial assistance. He can do anything from uh, coaching you on, on your savings, coming up with a savings plan. He can help with um, even um, going to school, saving money on going to school or how you can uh, go to school for free, working on your debt, uh, recovering from your debt, and anything like that. So a lot of great um, uh, advice coming from Warriors Wallet. So we have a, a great uh, phone call with Travis, and uh, I'll play that here in a minute. Uh, but first, I just want to talk about um, you know owning your own business. So from my end, um, obviously we have Fallen 360, uh, the podcast, but it's also a production company, and it's on its very very early stages. So we are figuring out you know how to really profit from this. Uh, at the moment, we are at the stage of you know, marketing and really uh, making ourselves known uh, and a lot of different ways. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to go about it, right? So the podcast is one, your name gets out there, people get to know you. 
and it's not um, it's not expensive to start a podcast. If you really look into it, uh, I know you guys have gone into Fallen 360. You've looked at some of my posts. If you haven't, go on Fallen 360. There's a lot of stuff out there on how to start your own podcast. You know, that's one of the things that we have going on as well. We can help you with that. Uh, it's a great marketing tool. Uh, it doesn't take a lot. And so, you know, podcasts are a big deal right now. So in case you haven't looked on Fallen 360, you know, you can go on to uh, Anchor. I'll tell you right now, go to Anchor, start your own podcast on there. If you're by yourself, you don't need to buy fancy equipment. All you need is your phone. So start there, you know, start a podcast, start promoting your business that way. That's an easy way to get out there. Social media obviously is out there. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, you know, Instagram, all those things. Uh, especially uh, depending on your audience and the, the people that you're selling this stuff to. You know, most people are on social media, so get out there, you know, learn about it. There's a lot of free classes. You go on YouTube. That's another one. Start your own YouTube channel. If you're into art or building stuff, you know, you can film yourself, record yourself, do uh, uh, do-it-yourself projects kind of like that and, and get your name out there. These are all easy, uh, quick, and cheap ways to get your name and your brand out there as well. So, but if you are having issues with that, you know, um, call us up, Fallen360 Productions. That's what we're here for. We're here to, to help people with, with that stuff, to get them started. At the moment, we actually have three podcasts. We have the Fallen360 Podcast. We have McCann on Sports, which is Abe's uh, personal podcast. Uh, he loves sports. He loves history. He loves military. Why not combine all three? I guarantee you, if you haven't heard the first one, uh, you're missing out. You're going to love it. Uh, the history of sports uh, is basically what he talks about. Uh, that's a great, great podcast. And the second one's coming out um, just right after this one here. So I uh, encourage you all to go see uh, and listen to Abe McCann, uh, uh, McCann on Sports. And the third one that we have is The She Shed, which this one goes out to the female veterans out there, right? Which uh, these two ladies or two, three ladies um, have a podcast. They've done two episodes so far and they've agreed to come back and do another two and so hopefully we can keep that one going uh they really had fun uh recording the first two so you know hopefully uh we can keep that going and uh we've gotten a lot of great positive feedback for them uh being female veterans and uh you know talking about it from their perspective uh but let me tell you what if you're not prepared uh they will blow you away because uh they're not your typical uh, of females, you know, if you w were in the military, you know how uh, female veterans can be. So uh, prepare yourself for that. They're just as bad as the boys when it comes to their language. So, uh, but once again, it's just another fun podcast out there. So these are all just tools, you know, and this is kind of what I'm using for, uh, you know, Fallen 360 and to put our name out there and to show people that we are working and we are doing a lot of stuff. Um, but at the same time, you know, you, you have to make money, right? And so how do you do that? That's the next, uh, that's the next step. And we can get deeper into that, uh, in another show. Uh, I want to have, uh, Travis from Warriors Wallet back on to do a full show, uh, and really, really get into, uh, the business end of that stuff. So the other piece too, that I wanted to talk about is when you're starting your own business, make sure that it's something that you enjoy as well. And, and at least know something, you know, uh, about, the, the business. So if you've uh, been in the military for a while and, you know, you want to start a business and maybe you want to be a financial consultant, I wouldn't do that if you didn't have any kind of expertise or schooling or degree in that, you know, or any kind of uh, uh, training in that field, right? Um, if you did, I would encourage you to, to learn about it, you know, do it for a while. 
uh, especially if uh, if it's not something that you you don't even know if you enjoy yet, right? So definitely look at the things that you enjoy, the things that you're good at. I'm not saying you have to have a degree in anything uh, to, to work hard. If you're good at something, I don't think having a degree really matters when you're opening up your own business, right? Unless, you know, of course you're a doctor or, a, you know, a law firm, something like that, which in case I encourage you to get a degree in that. But any other business like that, you know, if you're, if you, if you made beer since you were, you know, young, and you've done it for a while and you know you've got it down and you've got something different going on you know if you uh if you um you know are an artist and you know you really want to start selling your art and you think you have a a knack for that or even if you are maybe a you know woodworker you know making furniture things like that there's a lot of veterans i know that that have been doing that for for a long time and you know they went into the military and they kind of continued in that you know fashion and on, on their off time and now they're they're ready to start their own business so i encourage you guys to to really look at those things that you're good at the things that you enjoy and turn that into a business you know the other piece too is know that what you're getting yourself into uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of work just because you have your own business doesn't mean you get to, you know, work your own hours and pick your own times and work less. Uh, you know, in some cases you're going to be working, you know, 70, 90, hundred hours a week because this is your business. Now it's your livelihood. It's mixed into your life, you know, your kids, your family. Uh, if it's your business and you really want to be successful, it's going to have to be that way. Right. Great example. You know, for us, Crystal and I, we also have the healthy mason jar which is a food truck, right? And so one of the things that we really got into is Crystal really had a lot of great ideas. She had the the um, the willingness to do it. She's really good with operations. She's really good with paperwork and filling that stuff out and doing the research. Uh, and I had uh, been, you know, before I joined the military, I'd been a bartender, waiter, uh, you know, restaurant manager. And so I knew a little bit about the food industry and so with those two things combined, we, we, we decided to go forward with this. And I'm going to tell you the truth. You know, I wasn't the most excited because I know how hard it is to work in the food industry. Uh, but Crystal, you know, she wanted to get this done and she did, you know, and it's been a, a successful ride. It was never intended to, to really take over, you know, our, our lives or, or, or be the number one thing that we depend on for finances. But it was definitely a great second thing to have extra cash from and to learn and to have our own business. And so now what it's turned into after, you know, three, almost four years is, you know, the, the kids, the teenagers, you know, are running it during the summers. So that's their money. And during school, you know, on the weekends, if there's any events, they can run those events. They're learning what it takes to to buy uh, supplies. You know, they're they're, lear they're learning what it takes to to sell them, to not just give away free stuff. Uh, that you know, if they do that and they they they, they buy the more expensive things, then they're going to make less money. So they're learning this as a, at a young age. So that was a surprise to us. We didn't expect that to happen. And when the kids asked if they could, you know earn some extra money we thought this is the perfect fit so we taught them how to run it and we taught them you know now they learn how to you know uh, uh put the the hitch on the vehicle how to drop it and the trailer and how to turn on the generator and all that good stuff on top of finances and learning how to run a business so now it's turned into a family thing that the kids are really learning how to do that so anyways you know that that's all part of you know running your own business and just kind of be self-aware and uh, I know we have um, one of our episodes, I believe it was episode three, we also talk about, you know, uh, veterans businesses and, and um, the importance of really, really knowing what you want to do 
uh, with your life. And then once you figure that out, you know, then you can move forward, you know, but definitely make a plan. Uh, definitely make a plan, come up with the ideas and, um, and don't just go into it blindly, you know, uh, make sure you have everything laid out and you understand exactly what you're getting into. That way you can be more successful, right? And there is no such thing as, as a, a failure if you start your own business, you know, uh, because most people don't even start it. So if you get it started, then that's already a success, you know, uh, and if it doesn't work out the first time, try and try again. So with that being said, uh, let me just give a shout out to our sponsors. Uh, we have um, obviously the Healthy Mason Jar. So doing a lot of great stuff out there. So if you um, haven't heard of the Healthy Mason Jar or side business, go on to the Healthy Mason Jar on Facebook or healthymasonjar.com as well and see what events are coming out. Uh, also, you know, speaking of woodwork, like I said earlier, and being an artist and things like that, I have a a side little gig that I don't really make a lot of money. It was more because uh, I wanted to get started and uh, I wanted to get back into artwork and then woodwork was something I had never done before. So a few years ago, started uh, a year round Patriot. So I started making wooden plaques of, um, of different um, uh, unit patches and, you know, uh, flags and things like that, just out of wood and painting and carving and all that. So it started off like that. Um, you know, p few people uh, that saw them liked them, and so they wanted some. So I made a bunch for free for a bunch of friends and and American Legions and posts like that. Uh, and and um, they, you know, they're hanging up there, and people have them in their garages or their man caves or their she sheds, like we always say. Uh, but there were a few that I did sell because people really wanted them for the holidays, for their husbands, for their wives, you know, their service member or whatever. And so I, you know, I, I said, well, if people really want to buy these, maybe I should turn it into a business. So it's a small business and it's really, really uh, just uh, uh, on my own. And I'm just selling those whenever I get a chance to. And it's really just a small little Facebook page. Like I always say, I don't want a website because I don't want to work that hard. But uh, I figured if it turns into a job, then I won't enjoy it anymore. And I, I really just started it because I wanted to, to have some fun with it too. So I don't want it to get too big. So don't, don't, uh, don't order any stuff from me. But uh, if you really, really do want to go ahead and look at the Facebook page, and I guess I'll, I'll make something for you. But um, and then of course we always have Sushi Sonora. <laughs> we went to uh, the fights last weekend. Uh, there were some MMA fights, Golden Boy uh, promotions, I believe, or uh, Golden Boy uh, boxing. Uh, here in Phoenix and they had the MMA fights and that's uh, Sushi Sonora sponsors them that's kind of where we first found them uh, about six months ago seven months ago and uh, so I got to see uh, the Sushi Sonora boys again so that was fun uh, once again Sushi Sonora a great sponsor of ours great food go check them out and uh, that's it for our sponsors let's get into the show we got uh, Travis Johnson from Warriors wallets talking about uh, you know you're saving your money and how to be uh, just a little bit smarter uh, than the average person when it comes to um, to your finances all right well you all take care and remember to stay tuned for Sergeant's time by Abe McCann see you guys later all right well we're here with Travis Johnson founder and uh, is it CEO of uh, Warriors Wallet? Yeah, we'll say CEO. That works okay. for me. Does that sound good? <laughs> what's your uh, What's your official title? Oh, I think we're just leaving it at founder for now. But you know, CEO has a nice ring to it. It does, doesn't it? So, uh, 
uh, founder. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Warriors Wallet? We're talking today about veterans and entrepreneurship and businesses and things like that. And how do you fall into that picture? Uh, well, a little bit about it. I've been I've been helping uh, sailors handle their budget, go down, sit down, take a look at where their money's going every month. Uh, help them pay off debt, and I've been doing that for over ten years, and uh, have paid off or helped sailors pay off five million dollars in debt. And then earlier this year, I had a friend of mine kind of convince me, like, "You're saving people all these all this money, right?" I said, "Well, absolutely." You know, like, isn't that a service worth charging for? And uh, I didn't want to say yes right away, but <laughs> kind of worked out a kind of worked out a way where we can make it income based and have uh, you know a price for civilians price for veterans and the guard and what have you then a price that's uh, drastically reduced for active duty members because I just really want to help people you know take care of their finances uh, and handle stuff that that they just were never taught growing up right so with that being said you um, where are you based out of I'm currently based out of Oklahoma City but I can do uh, phone calls or Zoom or okay, so you have you're, clients all over the world. You have clients, okay, good. And then now about yourself a little bit. So you were in the military. Uh, I actually am currently active duty. I just oh. went over eighteen years in the Navy. I did uh, ten years enlisted, and I got picked up for an officer program. They sent me to college full time and got commissioned. And now I'm a mission commander on the, the E6 out of Tinker Air Force Base. Well, congratulations. Hey, thanks, that, brother. That's a long... And so now you're kind of preparing yourself, too, for that journey of, you know, depending on what you want to do, obviously, after you're, you're 20, you know? Uh, but that's always good. Do you often run into folks like that that have either retired or left the military and don't know exactly what to do with, you know, their money or how to get out of debt and things like that? Oh, that, that's that's a hundred percent. You know, we get we get kind of I don't want to say cheated, but we get we get on this gravy train of you know that paycheck's coming every first and fifteenth, and run to a lot of guys uh, either brand new in the military, not sure how to handle money yet, or guys that are that are retiring, and all of a sudden their situation changes, and they're not exactly sure you know what the priority should be in their life and how to handle that money. Yeah. So we take a, we take a good look at that and uh, really work on on building people's wealth and uh, and gaining assets, not just not just how to live paycheck to the paycheck. Yeah, that's a great point. In the military, you know, you get you know your housing paid for, and you get uh, you know your your food, and you know you get all these things taken care of. And a lot of times, you know, in my uh, regular job as well, you know, I help with with some of that transition stuff, and that's always one of the biggest issues is you know where is that money coming from? Unfortunately, sometimes you know uh, we get uh, told that you know when we leave the military we're going to be doing great and we're going to get a, you know an eighty thousand dollar a year job you know because of the skills and unfortunately you know it's not always that case for the most part it's not you know uh, and so um, that's a really good point in a lot of folks you know if you joined from when you were what seventeen eighteen years old. Um, all you know is the military, and you've never really had to deal with with those kind of bills and the reality of, you know, paying um, um a mortgage and you know, uh, uh, f uh, I guess the biggest one is probably health insurance. You know, um, oh, that's a that's, that's like a, taking the teeth right there. That's probably one of the biggest ones that people aren't prepared for when they get out of the military. So, 
Um, with that being said, you know, I know you said you had a, a few things that you want to share. Uh, we want to actually talk to you some more later on. We want to do a whole show around some of the stuff that you're doing and get into some more uh, details today. We wanted to kind of cover a little bit since we're talking about finances or, you know, uh, um, you know, starting off a, a, a business of your own as a veteran, things like that. Um, so with that being said, as far as the things that you've talked about and some of the things you're going to mention, how is all this stuff beneficial to veterans that want to be entrepreneurs? Beneficial for veterans that want to be entrepreneurs. Uh, so my last client I had, uh, was a good friend of mine, Michael Fielding. He came to me, he said, Travis, I don't know what to do. I, there's definitely too much month at the end of the money. Um, so I you know, dove into a situation a little bit. He, um, he got discharged from the military. He ended up getting into some bad stuff, and he is unemployable. And we were talking a little bit. I was like, "Well, unemployable? That means you know people can't hire you, right?" He's like, "Yeah." And we kind of we kind of broke it down into sections. And really, the that unemployable tag really is is a thousand dollars a month extra. He could decline that and get hired. Or what we decided to do is we started seeing where his skills were, and we decided uh, to build him a business. Oh, okay. And he was. He was a little he was a little leery at first. I was like, well, what can you do? I was like, can you mow a lawn? He's like, I can mow a lawn, but it feels weird. And I was like, well, you know, luckily the military helps us learn how to be flexible. I was like, but there's no shame in mowing lawns. I got right. friends that are landscapers making three, four hundred thousand dollars a year, so you can't tell me it's a to know nothing, do nothing job. Yeah, right. And I, <laughs> I started coaxing him along. He's like, Well, I don't know how to do this, I don't know how to do this. You know, we sat him down, we built him a flyer. And he's like, well, what do I do? I was like, you drive around, you see a lawn that can use some attention, and you go up and knock and ask. It's going to be a yes or no. People aren't going to get in your face with something as, as you know, basic as, as mowing a lawn. Right. He's like, well, what if no one's home? I was like, that's why we built the flyer. <laughs> Leave a flyer on the door, and they give you a call, or they won't. You move on with your business. Uh, it's only been, oh, shoot, five or six weeks, and got to do all day, every day. Wow. Uh, he, he calls me all the time. He's like, he's like, I haven't worked in seven years, and now I'm getting phone calls all day, every day, trying to set this up. He's like, he's almost to the point where he needs to hire somebody to give him a hand. There's always going to be job opportunities for people willing to do things that other people aren't willing to do. And if you've been in the military as long as I have, we've done that. We've yeah. done plenty of things plenty that people of- aren't willing to do. Yeah. already so we already have that skill set so you're you're basically you know for this situation it sounds like you you helped them kind of capitalize on those skills and use a lot of your operational skills that we all learn in the military i think one of the biggest things that separate us from the civilians the civilian world is those operational skills uh and so that sounds kind of like what you were you were helping them with you know building that that uh that the, the flyers, the the communication, you know, establishing, you know, the you're here and you're ready to work and you know all that good stuff. So that that sounds um, that sounds a lot uh, like it's more than just financial, you know, uh, assistance and, and help. But even in, when you do talk about finances and things like that, you know, obviously that's beneficial for any entrepreneur, right? Because you don't want to have your own business and not be financially savvy. Oh, absolutely, and. One of, the, one of the major talks that I do that really kind of applies to everyone is I kind of dissect and break down the different mindsets between those that are poor, the middle class, and wealthy. And one of the things that really trips people up 
is is this moving target that we call rich. If you take your income and you compare it to the rest of the planet, uh, the truth is if you make over 33,900 bucks a year, you're the top 10% of earners in the world. So most of Americans, vast majority of Americans are already quote unquote rich, but we were never really taught how to act rich. You know, when I was growing up, uh, living with a single mom who had, uh, you know, she had a lot of issues. And, and what that translated to was every time that she got sick and needed some some help with mental health that uh, my sister and I moved. Sometimes it was to another family member's house. Sometimes it was to a foster home. Um, however you want to describe it, we grew up poor. Yeah. And when you think about finances and what, what I learned when I was poor is I learned how to ask people for money. I learned how to use some of the system, and I kind of heard that saving was a good idea, right? That's the poor. That's the poor lifestyle. When when I decided to move out of the house and then you know signed up to join the Navy, immediately my mindset switched over to a middle-class mindset. Right. <laughs> I, I, well, I was now in, even though I was E1, right, earning less than 12 grand a year, which is disgustingly low uh, for what we ask our service members yeah. to do. <laughs> well, we're ri- in our mindset. We're rich at that point. Everything's taken care of, and we got food. Oh, and- oh yeah, <laughs> right. But we don't know how to behave, right? We know. So the middle class, we know that we can operate within a system, and we can work really hard, and that hard work can get rewarded with promotions and things like that, um, right. which is wonderful. And then what we learn about money is we learn that insurance is good, and we learn that uh, saving for retirement is good. Yeah, but what we don't do, the poor, the middle class, what we don't do is we don't ever talk about money. The two most taboo topics are sex and finances. I mean, I know people that would rather uh, be naked fighting over politics on a on a sea of Legos than ever <laughs> talk about you know how much money they make. Yeah, and and it just floors me because we'll talk about management all day long, right? We'll talk about theory of management. But we won't talk about theory of money management or ha- how to handle that stuff. We we almost think like it, we're doing ourselves a disservice. The real disservice is just like anything else taboo is that we don't talk about it. You know, what happened when we didn't talk about things like uh, sexual assault in the military for so many years? It became this big, huge thing yeah. that eventually when we finally started to talk about it, uh, all the numbers started to go down because people were willing to be open and honest and have these conversations, but we're more willing to talk about sexual assault than we are about our own about personal our, right, finances. finances. But the wealthy mindset is different from the poor and the middle class mindset because the wealthy mindset, they talk about money with their children almost from day one. They talk about the importance of building and maintaining relationships and how to acquire and maintain and profit from assets. And this is the big this is the big mystery for the middle class and the poor class, because a we don't talk about it, and b we don't really understand where an asset is. You know, if I asked you, Mario, what is an asset? What would you tell me? You know, there's a lot of things I I would probably put before you know money and a lot of things you talked about. You know, I, I think a car, maybe a house. I don't know. I got you. Yeah, and it's it's not that much different from what other people tell me. Where really an asset is, is something that when you own it, it goes up in value. Mm, yeah. A lot of times, um, 
you know, the middle class, usually our house would be considered an asset. Generally speaking, houses appreciate and gain value. Uh, but there's really four categories of wealth that, that include assets. One would be a business, like you running Fallen 360, that's a business. That would be something that can build value, right? Right. You have real estate that could be buying, that could be selling, that could be flipping, that could be a rental, that could be all sort of that can include industrial and commercial properties, but real estate and real estate's more made more millionaires than anything else that I'm going to cover. And you've got what's called paper and paper is really stocks, bonds, mutual funds, right? That would fall into retirement accounts, Roth IRAs, all that stuff. And that's something the middle class is a little bit familiar with. And the fourth one is commodities, gold, precious metal, oil, paintings, vintage cars. I'm going to talk about that 92 Corolla that my neighbor drives. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what the wealthy do is when they have extra money and they design they're, they live on a budget. They have money specifically going out to work for them. And when they do this, they're buying things that appreciate or go up in value. They buy assets. You know, someone, uh, I was listening to Ty Lopez earlier. He was talking about his buddy would spend $120 on a pair of sneakers that is only going to rot and not give him any value. Right. But he wouldn't spend $100 on a course that's going to give him the knowledge and skills that he needs to go out and make some real money or to get some real value in his life. The, the middle class is stuck in, in this idea of things and having all these things because it makes me look cool or right. whatever. But really, the average millionaire, he just looks like the, the couple guy. next door that drives, you know, a, an eight or 10 year old car and, you know, they wear nice slacks and they don't really do anything. That's what the average millionaire looks like. They're not flashy. They take care of the small stuff day after day, week after week, month after month, and they live on a budget. And people always talk to me, they, they moan and groan when I, when I mention the word budget. They're like, oh, budget's the B word. It's yeah. kind of <laughs> you can't talk about a budget, right? Because they, they feel restricted. They feel like I'm telling them they can't do stuff. Well, on a budget this year, I went to Vegas while my wife was in London and my kids were in Colorado Springs. We did all of that on our budget. Yeah. So <laughs> don't tell me That's that the budget bad. is restrictive. Yeah, I mean it's well, only and, it's only restrictive as as much as you, you know, you make it, I guess, or you know, the, depending on how much you save or what you're spending on the rest of the year is really what's going to restrict your budget, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. But picture picture this, we're all we're all military guys, you got to a group of young soldiers or sailors or whatever, you know, whatever flavor you are, and you don't give them a job. What are, what are they going to do? They're going to go out and they're going to get in trouble. They're going to sham, yeah. <laughs> right? They're going to go out and you're like, what were you guys doing? What were you thinking? Yeah. And eventually they're going to point to someone and he's going to be like, uh, uh, I don't know. We had nothing better to do. And this, right. is what ha- this is what happens to your paycheck when you don't give them a job. If I don't say, hey, you, you this dollar bill over here. You know what? I like you. You're going to my, my entertainment fund. You're going to the, I'm going to go out have a night with the guys fund. Right. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But if you didn't assign all your other dollars a job of, hey, you're going to pay the rent. Hey, you're going to go into savings. Hey, I'm going to use you to invest and accumulate some of those assets. If you don't have those other stuff in a row, it's going to get you in trouble. lined up. Right. Yeah. If you don't have them assigned a job, 
you're going to go to the movies and you're going to buy the extra big popcorn and it's going to kind of just float away or you're going to go to the gas station you're going to buy I don't know a soda and a bag of chips and there goes seven eight dollars and you're going to go over to Starbucks and you're going to get the Vente instead of the Grande and there goes another couple dollars here or there yeah and you're being and you're being kind because if you are uh uh you know um like you said a sailor a soldier any of those and you're between e1 and e4 maybe even e5s the reality is if you're single that's probably gonna end up in a stripper's uh a thong so you know that that that's that's definitely not the assets we're talking about so just just for those guys out there listening and the girls too because you know female and male you know we we we're both uh, bad with our uh, financial decisions. So, um, but with that being said, so one of the things that 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 differentiates you from other folks, because you you talked about you said uh, Ty Lopez, right? Is that who you you where you heard that story? Yes, that's from uh, Ty Lopez with the the, the difference between one hundred twenty dollars shoes and buying a hundred dollar program to help themselves. To help themselves, and the difference though is that for as as far as we're talking about here, are the that veteran culture, that veteran connection that you have. So for those folks out there, yeah, there's a lot of uh, financial classes and there's a lot of things like that. So, um, you know, but for you, you bring that that culture piece where you understand the mindset of what veterans are going through and, and you know, the active duty folks and because you yourself are still active. So um, with that being said, um, you know, let us know, you know, what programs out there that you suggest. Obviously, Warriors Wallet. We're going to we're going to talk about you guys. Of you know, uh, but if there's ever anything else that you yourself have used or, or, or learned about, you know, you can always share that on, on Fallen 360 and, you know, let us know, you know, or let our followers know, you know, what's what's good that's out there. So with that, um, why don't you let us uh, give us your information, your website, um, point of contact, if you have a phone number, anything like that where we can get a hold of you. Absolutely, Mario. The, the easiest way to get, get to me is to follow me on Warriors Wallet on Facebook. Uh, all my updates, all my blogs, I try to do three a week. Uh, they're going to show up there automatically Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If you must, go to warriorswallet.com. And, hey, if you sign up and uh, drop your email in the bucket, you're going to get my free car buying guide. It's how I walk you through step-by-step, step, how I save 30 grand on each of my last two vehicle purchases. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, you can buy the book and one of my links there if you want that physical copy, if you're not new age and you want to download it you can buy the yeah. physical copy on Amazon uh, there's another book I mean they're part of Walk with Warriors uh, it was a project done by Books by Vet Books by Vet's really well put together but but find me connect with me ask questions uh, check out some of the links in there uh, most of the stuff in there is for veterans if you're not a veteran that's fine there's other stuff in there for just general money principles things that you wish you would have learned in school that, that, really, that can really help you out Hit awesome. me up if you get any questions, let me know. And uh, my, my primary thing is I sit down and I do a no-judgment budget with my clients. And I say no judgment because there's no way I would have got here without making all the mistakes that I made. And I'd rather pass those lessons along to you instead of letting you make those same mistakes. So yeah. hit me up, let me know what I can do for you anytime. That's great. And that's actually a really good point. I think one of the things you you mentioned it earlier, actually, is, you know, it's that taboo. We don't want to talk about our finances. So we'd rather let, uh, sink deeper than ask for help sometimes, I feel. Well, absolutely. We, we For some reason, we feel this shame. We feel that our network, my, our net worth is somehow equal to our, our self-worth. And that's just a big 
bull crap. That's just not how it is. You just don't have the information that you need or you haven't set the behavior down or you don't have your bills on automatic or you just haven't sat down and looked at it and given all those dollars coming in, you got to give them a job. You got to get yourself on that budget and know where your money's going. That's the best advice I've heard uh, in in a long time. Give your bills a job. I like that. So um, with that, everybody, that was uh, Travis Johnson and uh, founder of Warriors Wallet. Thanks again, Travis, for coming on here. Like I said, I really want to dive deep next time and really go into more of the stuff and and maybe even a little bit more history about yourself, you know, and, and, and educate people on, hey, don't be don't be shy. Ask for help. You know, this is Travis story. And maybe by sharing that people will kind of reach out, you know, or not be as as shy. (laughs) <laughs> to talk about their finances. Hey, absolutely. Thanks so much, Mario. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. Love being on the show. Love what you're doing with Fallen 316. I can't wait to be on again. Yeah, I appreciate it. And we'll we'll share your, your uh, Facebook page and anything else um, on our page as well so you guys can find uh, his stuff there. You don't have to go searching for it. We'll make it easier. Click on the link. Um, so, yeah, we appreciate it. You have a great day and great weekend, Travis. Hey, you too, Mario. Thanks, man. Thanks. Take care. Looks like we got ourselves a genius here. What are you, some kind of rocket surgeon? Tasks, conditions, and standards. Your other left. We're going to go over FM 6-22. Hey, high speed. You're going to learn today. Sergeant's time. Today we're talking about situational awareness and the four principles behind maintaining a solid situational awareness and making sure that no matter what situation you find yourself in, that you can come out on top. And so the things we're going to talk about today are pretty universal. So not just, you know, on patrol overseas somewhere, but, you know, this all you can apply these principles to where if you're, let's say you're competing in sports like football game, basketball game, baseball game, something like that. Um, you could be in the parking lot getting ready to, you know, get it on because, you know, you were accosted by some thugs <laughs> or uh, even say you're just debating someone. You know, you're in the middle of a debate, you know, it could be at work, could be some type of political arena, something like that. But you got to be able to think quick and think on your feet if you want to come out on top. And so today I'm going to go over a few things to help you uh, maintain a high level of situational awareness. We're going to talk about four things today. We're going to talk about the four steps of what's called the the OODA loop, right? So that's observe, orient, decide, and act. Now, this is a this is an old school type of... Uh, this is an old principle, an old philosophy that was uh, just, you know, it was created back in the day by a fighter pilot, actually. And so this fighter pilot decided, you know, situational awareness could literally mean the difference between life or death in his uh, given profession. So he started developing these principles to try and help teach other fighter pilots a quick way to maintain your situational awareness and come out, you know, in top, right? And since then, it's been kind of adapted. And today, we're going to apply it to your personal life, right? Um, and this Air Force pilot, by the way, his name was John Boyd. And so if you ever want to look it up or whatever, you can. Um, and so let's get into it, man. So the first step is observe. So to observe properly, you want to put yourself in a uh, a mindset that's described as condition yellow, kind of a relaxed alert. You know, your senses are heightened, but you still want to be relaxed. You want to adapt a, 
a calm demeanor. You don't want to bring any unnecessary attention to yourself. If you look antsy or your head is swiveling frantically while you're you're like scanning your surroundings, people are going to notice you. And also staying relaxed ensures that you maintain an open focus. I mean, it's clinically been proven that people that are nervous and stressed out and, you know, doing frantic things or minds racing are not going to be able to focus as well as those people who are relaxed. So you want to control your breathing. Make sure that you look like you're just kind of blending into the background. You know, like, again, maybe we're at the bar. We're at a sporting event, right? You don't want to come across as antsy. You you want don't want people to know that you're checking out the scene and that you're keeping all eyes on everything around you. So it's important to make sure that before you do anything else that you address your demeanor address your breathing you stay calm look casual you know don't look don't look like you're scanning the area so maybe have a book open maybe look like you're reading the paper and just raise your eye you know your view just above the the paper or your phone even you can have it in your hand and make it look like you're looking on your phone but the key is to just be laid back and make sure that you're not attracting any unnecessary attention to yourself another key element of condition yellow and the observe is you got to have a good vantage point so try to avoid a situation where you know your back would be toward an entrance or you're at a low level and you can't see what's above you you know if you're at a if you're at a concert or something you might want to be a little bit higher up in the stand so you can see below you um if you were let's say at a restaurant you know in your or a bar you definitely don't want to be able to have someone sneak up behind you so find a good vantage point you know think of that sniper and you know where are they going to position themselves they got to be able to watch everything below them and make a clean shot so in this case you want to also do the same thing and make sure that you're at a good vantage point um and then you know you might be alone so find a wall if you can get a wall behind you too then you can protect your back and that way that you know if something happens, at least you don't have to worry about someone creeping up on you. And it's a good idea while we're in this phase to identify key points, you know, exits, emergency exits, plan your, your route of escape in case something changes and uh, you have to roll out quickly. Another good uh, exercise to do when you're in observation mode is to play the A game, you know. So, or the, you know, A game awareness game. Go into places and quiz yourself, you know, walk in, walk, take a quick loop in and out and then ask yourself, okay, name four things you noticed. How many people were behind the counter? You know, was this a person sitting next to me, a man or a woman? What color was their hair? How many exits were there? Quiz yourself on those and then go back in and check. How did you do? And then the more you do that, the more your your brain will get used to it. And then when it really matters and you really got to do it on the fly, you'll be good to go. And this will just become more like a muscle memory. And what you also want to do is really speaking of memory, you want to get that memory wired tight. So a good way to, to practice, you know, or kind of work out like a workout for your memory is practice with a, de- a deck of cards, you know, lay them all out, flip them over and then try to match and see how many matches you can get, you know, just based on memory. Just keep practicing over and over and over and that will strengthen your memory, too. And so once you got your uh, your demeanors ready, you're calm, you're cool, collective, you've been practicing with your memory you're you're ready to go into phase two, which would be orient. So when we get to the orient phase, we're going to talk about establishing things like baselines. We're going to establish goals and, and action plans, okay? So orient, how do we do that? First, we got to do is we have to start a baseline, all right? So a baseline is your way of asking when you're in any environment, like what is normal for this environment? What is normal for this situation, right? 
So if you were in a coffee shop, you'd think like, okay, so if, what's normal coffee shop you know activity? There's probably going to be someone working on their laptop or reading a book or, you know, maybe some people in the corner just kind of having a conversation, um, you know, very low key activity. Some, you know, people coming and going, getting food, you know, but if someone was in there for, you know, if someone was in there skinning a goat, then you'd be like, what the fuck is going on? Right. So do you want to establish the, the baseline? Right. That is the normal. You want to look for the normal. Right. And then you want to go after you've figured out what the uh, the normals are, the baseline. Then you want to think about uh, anomalies. So we're back to the guy in the corner of Starbucks killing his goat. Right. That's clearly an anomaly. Right. If it's the middle of summertime. And you live in, you know, Arizona and it's 115 degrees in Phoenix and you see a guy walking down the street with a trench coat on and a hoodie, then you're going to go, okay, something's clearly going on, right? Um, Early in the morning, right? And people are kind of laid back. They're still getting their coffee in them. And all of a sudden some guy comes in just crazy energy, bouncing off walls and screaming and talking loud and stuff. Then you know what? You're going to start drawing. They're going to start drawing your attention. You're going to start focusing on these, right? So when we're doing this, you want to ask yourself, right, for the baseline question, what's going on here? What's the general mood of the place? What's the normal activity I should expect here? You know, how do most people behave most of the time in a given situation, right? And your your question for the anomaly that you want to you want to kind of guide your observations on is what would cause someone or something to stand out? So why is this dude killing this goat over here? Why is this asshole walking down the street in 115 degrees with a trench coat and a hoodie on, right? You need to start asking these questions to start doing what your initial threat assessment, right? So you want to make sure that like, okay, things are weird. I need to know, is this a dangerous weird or is this just some crazy fuck that likes to, you know, do whatever? Or, you know, and why is this guy cutting the goat up over here? Maybe some Starbucks new fuck. It's part of their thing. They said they're going to hire 100,000 refugees or whatever, right? So you need to start doing that. And there's some other ways that when you start seeing things, you know, you want to you want to look for some types of, of behaviors, right? So there's body language, especially that you want to look for. You want to look for like some dominance slash submissive behavior, comfortable, uncomfortable behavior, and interested and uninterested, right? So generally, most people try to get along with each other, right? So we're talking about behaviors. If you see someone that's acting very aggressive towards somebody else, right? They're trying to intimidate somebody. You may not know what the conversation is, but you can see in their posture. They're they're trying to show a position of power. You know, that may draw your eye thinking, you know, why is that? And then conversely, maybe one person is not acting dominant, but extremely submissive and you don't know why. You know, maybe there's something going on that you can't see. So, you, you know, you want to start examining those things. And you want to figure out what the hell is going on. Why does this person look so scared? Or, you know, why does this person look so submissive? Um, you know, and, and when we're scanning the crowd, you want to look for a comfortable behavior. You know, if people look like they're comfortable, you know, they're sitting again at the book, they're sipping their coffee, they're talking with friends. Chances are it's probably a safe environment, you know. But if you walk into a, a to a, an area and everybody looks uncomfortable, you know. Like, say you're on the subway going through, like, a hard, you know, bad part of town or something, or you're driving through a bad part of town at night, and everybody looks like they got their head on the swivel, and they're they're turning around, you know, and they're looking, constantly scanning, people are moving frantically, trying to get the fuck out of there for some reason, you know, or, you know, you want to notice those things. Why is this? Maybe I should have a heightened sense of awareness right now, or, you know, maybe I should just get the fuck out of here if everybody looks this way, right? 
So you want to look at the body language because you might not be able to talk to somebody and walk up and say, hey, man, what's going on? Why you guys all look so nervous? You know, so look for those nonverbal cues, um, interested and uninterested behavior, right? Most people will exhibit uninterested behavior. You know, we all get wrapped up in our own bullshit. So we're not paying attention to our environment, you know, and that can be dangerous. So we could be just driving, not paying attention in the road, or, you know, we could be walking, looking down at our phone. And so you want to you wanna look for things like that as well. Because what could happen if someone, if you're in a giant crowd where people are uninterested, right? Say a large sporting, you know, function, you know, there could be a possibility that people, you know, going the wrong way they could cause traffic jams with the flow of, of people and then if there was an emergency now you're really in a shit storm because everybody's bunched up and they can't get by and things like that you know um interested behavior is another one right why what if someone's paying way too much attention to one person right or to one type of object right that it doesn't seem like normally it you know why like a great example you're at a sport you're at a sporting event and there's some guy and he keeps walking over to, like, say, a trash can and looking at it, looking at it. Go walks away, comes back two minutes later, looks at it again, looks at it again. He keeps, you know, why is he doing that? Why does this one person keep checking their phone so many times? You know, different little things that you can pick up on. Um, why does this guy keep looking at the door? What does he keep looking out the parking lot for? What is he going? What's he doing? You know, just things like that to help you kind of figure out that there may or may not be um, some type of, you know, Something that needs further investigating, some potential threat out there for while you, for you while you're out, right? And then you're gonna see crazy things too, like shifty hands, right? Like why is this guy moving his hands? Why is this guy sitting there? Is he tweaking? Is that why he keeps moving? You know? Or what if someone is trying really hard to to you know act natural? You know? Those are the types of things that will you, you know once you pick up you pick up on, you know that'll start helping you make that threat assessment in your head and figure out like what is the you know what is what. Is this a good environment for me to be in? Should I start moving? You know, is this a bad place for me to be? What am I going to do to make sure that me and my people I'm with are safe, you know? Um, and then once you've, you know, you've done that, you've established your baselines, you've been checking out some of those nonverbal cues and this body language, then start asking yourself, okay, what am I going to do? What if so-and-so comes through that door right now with a gun? Where am I going? What if a fire breaks out? Where am I going? You can be in your house and ask yourself, okay, what if uh, someone kicks in your front door right now and tries to rob you? What are you going to do? Um, you can be in your car. What happens if the car in front of you just swerves or locks up the brakes? Where's your exit strategy? And so what you want to do, kind of like the, the beginning when we talked about the observe games, go to places and get in the habit of doing that right away. Sit down and start looking at things. Where am I going to go? What does this happen? What does it start running over scenarios on your, on, you know, in your mind? And you can't practice enough. You, you know, it doesn't matter if you're going at the grocery store. doesn't matter if you're, you know, at the club or sporting event, the park, or, you know, back down, just going back down the road in Baghdad. These are all good, good ways to maintain a high level of situational awareness. And the thing about these, this process, too, is you can include your family. You know, I got kids. So you can take your kids to the movie theater and before the movie starts, before they tell you, turn your phones off and shut the fuck up, you can sit there and ask them, okay, what if somebody came in here? What would you do? You know, if you're with your daughter or your smaller child and they're in the school and you ask them, what if something happened? Where would you go? What if the bus got in a wreck? Where would you do? I mean, there's just the possibilities are endless. 
And you know, I mean, if you get creative with it, it's a good way to teach your family about situational awareness without scaring them. You know, there's a million different ways you can do that. And the last part, you know, of what we're going to talk about today is act. If you've done your homework, you've observed, you've oriented yourself, you've decided what the best plan of action would be for each different type of scenario, and just be ready to act so that you know when something happens, you've already got it laid out, and do not hesitate. Someone comes in that door, you already know where you're going. If, you know, a fire breaks out, you you know how to get out of the house safely, just things like that. And... And I encourage you, you know, especially those of you that have, you know, family and loved ones, do this stuff, you know. It's easy. You can do it 30 seconds. You can do it a minute. You can do it five minutes. It doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out program. Make it adaptable to your lifestyle and just just do it. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And then it'll also, it'll almost become like muscle memory for your brain. Everywhere you go, you'll walk in and you'll immediately start doing these things and you'll be good to go. So I hope that was helpful for you. I know that a lot of us, you know, in our community always do certain levels of this. And there are certain situations that, you know, you may find yourself in where all of a sudden the hair on the neck stands up and you're like, oh, shit, you know, whatever. You have that that gut feeling, right? Start practicing this. Start helping yourself analyze and doing threat assessments so that you can avoid putting yourself in a bad situation and then having to react without a well thought out plan. And you know what? It is the weekend, so <clears throat> once again, we're going to go over a safety brief, right? So, first one, drugs. If they're not yours, don't do them. Meaning, you know, if you didn't get the prescription for a real medical need, don't do them. If they're illegal, don't do them. You know, meth is illegal and it's bad, okay? Drinking. Do it responsibly. Don't drive. Find a designated driver. Get a Uber. Fucking message me, I'll come get you, whatever, right? We're talking for you fellas out there um, with the ladies, with the dames there. No underage women. Don't hit your women. It ain't worth it. If you're that kind of dude that you think you need to hit a woman, go hit a tree instead. It'll do you uh, do you a lot better. You know, you might break your hand, but you won't ruin your life and go to prison and be a piece of shit the rest of your life, right? Um, and then lastly, I don't know. It's not an excuse. The cops aren't going to buy it. First Sergeant ain't going to buy it. Your mom and dad ain't going to buy it. Your girlfriend ain't going to buy it. I ain't going to buy it. So stay the fuck out of trouble. Stay out of the hospital. Stay out of jail. Stay out of the news, right? And if you go to jail, establish dominance quickly. Keep listening to uh, Fallen 360 Podcast every week. And if you haven't done so, check out McCann on Sports. I think you guys will like it. It's not your average sports show. We do highlights and shit like that, but it's not some cookie-cutter ESPN bullshit. We actually talk about cool stuff. And if you didn't listen last week, you're missing out. Um, So go ahead. Check it out, man. And uh, you guys have a good day. Be safe. Love, peace, and hair grease. And uh, see you all soon. (laughs)